school in Monterey, California. Remotely piloted hunter-killer drones, such as America's Reaper, make it far easier to launch an attack without the military or political risks of putting boots on foreign soil. Mr. Arquilla, a former advisor to Donald Rumsfeld, the Secretary of Defense under George W. Bush, is a strong advocate of remote-controlled and automated weaponry. Even so, he urges caution. Robotics bring a great temptation. Launching attacks without the risk of putting troops on the ground or pilots in the air. Succumbing can end up starting an unwise war. But technology can also make wars less deadly. Defeating a fighting force that uses rudimentary technology may require killing a large portion of its soldiers, The bloodbaths of America's Civil War and the First World War attest to that. As fighting forces modernize, battles are often won with proportionately less killing. Fighting the System Technology can transform wars of attrition into less bloody system-against-system fighting, in the words of Richard Rowe, a former American Army general, who served in both the 1991 and 2003 Iraq wars, and who was stationed in occupied Baghdad. A system only functions if its elements function. Destroy enough elements of that system, a modern army's kit and infrastructure, or specialists needed to operate it, and the force cannot keep fighting. And winning with less fighting, and therefore less destruction, well serves a belligerent seeking to occupy a country, be it with good intentions or bad. Air power can help disrupt an enemy's fighting system. An attacker may be able to fly behind enemy lines to destroy critical equipment, rather than shoot its way through troops on the ground. In 1991 and 2003, the American-led coalitions blew up Iraqi command and control facilities, making it difficult for the enemy to muster a defence. The terrifying accuracy of airstrikes in both wars convinced many soldiers to surrender. In one 2003 incident, recounted to American officials by Iraqi survivors, armoured units that had stalled during a thick sandstorm assumed they could not be seen by American warplanes. But new synthetic aperture radar systems mounted on large American aircraft, discovered and pinpointed the vehicles. Lo and behold, bombs started coming through the sandstorm, says Barry Watts, a former U.S. Air Force lieutenant colonel and Pentagon official. Spooked, many soldiers abandoned their vehicles and melted away into the population. The armoured units had not been completely destroyed, But what had been was the will to fight of many untargeted units, says Mr. Watts. Saddam Hussein's army of 380,000, not counting reservists, was defeated with only around 10,800 Iraqi combatant deaths. For an imperfect comparison, consider the First World War. Troops in trenches had little communications gear and mobility. Massed together, soldiers were easier to target, Fighting required little specialised technical expertise, so soldiers were mostly interchangeable, and fresh conscripts could quickly replace the fallen, and it was hard for discouraged soldiers to surrender or sneak away. 
the Central Powers were not defeated until more than half of their 25.2 million fielded troops were killed or wounded. Theorists call the shift from attrition warfare to system disruption warfare the revolution in military affairs. Precision weaponry is at its heart. Because military targets are generally small, hitting them with dumb bombs during the Second World War was difficult, so cities were bombed instead. Carpet bombing was justified as an effective way to weaken a country's will to fight but the practice was progressively abandoned or discredited as accuracy improved. The mere existence of precision munitions may well result in less killing, even in conflicts in which no belligerent has them. Standards are higher today, so leaders who fear accusations of war crimes have an added inducement to shun indiscriminate attacks. Choose your own weapon.